0: I'll get
1: well, a screenshot about so we can. The NFL, which is pretty cool. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> one of our coolest institutions for sure. <laughs> okay, so Schiffer, are you setting this up for us?
0: Okay, so if anybody isn't aware, Brian Flores was up until Boston
2: College, class of two
0: thousand three. <laughs> Good shout out to him. It won't
2: be the last one.
0: This is Kim and Tim running through the red tape. I'm David Shiffrin. This week, Kim, a partner and practice lead for our regional practice, and Tim, senior vice president in our national and academic practice, and I, we're all football fans, we saw the news of Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL and immediately flagged a host of ridiculous missteps on the part of the NFL. There are the underlying issues with race and diversity and hiring practices in the NFL, and then a whole lot of communications missteps in the immediate aftermath of the filing of the lawsuit. At the end, I also included a related part of the conversation about Tom Brady's approach to retiring since we're on the subject of football. It's also an entertaining lesson in communications, but it is a little bit separate. So that's at the end, sort of a bonus conversation after the bumper music. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review running through the red tape so that we can better get the word out. And go to gerardinc.com for more of our work and more of our thinking. Uh, Important last note, this conversation does reference an incident of alleged uh, domestic abuse and sexual assault, so please do take that into consideration. Keep him coming. If anybody follows Tim's LinkedIn, you've seen that. You've seen that connection. It's good. Uh, He He and
2: I were classmates. Very close. Uh, I'm sure that we... uh, I I think he... He spent all, most of his time probably playing and excelling at football. I spent most of my time at Mary Ann's, the local dive bar. So we didn't overlap a ton, but we did get our diplomas on the same day. So that's so we're you we both were at least there. Might the want to time. reach
1: out, do a little tweet. Yeah, I th-
2: I'm sure he's waiting to hear from me. <laughs> he's should I should, should I call him? Yeah. yeah. Brian, would you like to join the podcast? Yeah, I know that's... you're a little busy with media appearances today. I saw you on Get Up.
0: So, so Brian Flores, quickly, was the coach of the Miami Dolphins for three seasons. He was fired a couple of weeks ago, which was a strange move considering how many other... They co- had
2: their back, first back-to-back winning season since 2003?
0: Since a very long time. And in parallel with that, that nobody could really explain it except for these sort of weird rumors, which I heard repeatedly from our, our dear friend Bill, that, not Bill Belichick, actually, our actual friend Bill, who we know. Just in our I,
1: office. Yeah, in our he office. He hangs out. saying,
0: like, it's just weird because there's this thing going around that behind the scenes he was tough to work with and whatever. And so there's this sort of rumor floating around, and that was the only explanation anybody could really give. And then yesterday he files a lawsuit against the NFL pointing out Something that's been pretty obvious for anybody who has been paying any attention since the Rooney rule was put in place what almost 20 years ago, that hiring NFL's hiring practices are a total sham and that he's been discriminated against. And not only that, but he was in fact offered bribe money from ownership, Stephen Ross, in order to tank the season a couple of years ago and get a better draft position. He didn't do that. Stephen Ross got really mad, and that was the start of the decline of the relationship, as Brian Flores tells it. And so... That's, That's the background. A, so let's
2: start there. Let's start with the Dolphins part, because I think that is where the, there's most clearly the hand of communications involved here. Because obviously there was like, I mean, I don't want to give him too much credit, but there was a somewhat coordinated smear campaign going on against Brian Flores. There was a story about how he didn't talk to any of his assistants after Thanksgiving, which... I find hard to believe uh, <laughs> that he didn't get along with the owner and the, the quarterback and whatever, and he's a, just a hard guy to be around. And that may be, uh, despite my long history of close personal friendship with Tom Flores, <laughs> I don't, he, he may be more difficult now than he was when we may have gotten a tuna melt at the same time in the dining hall. Uh, so Flores does a bunch of interviews, has this situation with the Giants job where he gets a text from Bill Belichick <laughs> who I want, to believe, I want to believe did this on purpose. I really I the fire angle here is that Bill Belichick is an agent of chaos.
0: I I don't want to believe that, Tim. I read that story and made that decision to believe that Bill Belichick hit send and then rolled up the sleeves on his cutoff hoodie and <laughs> sat back to watch the and world said. burn. <laughs>
2: It's it, so we can get so we we'll get here to the more go. serious like societal p- parts of what Brian Floor's experienced. But one of the things that he said in his lawsuit yesterday, alleging systematic racial discrimination by the NFL and its teams, is that when in his first season with the Dolphins, he was offered a hundred thousand dollars per loss by the owner. That's an interesting thing. That's a very specific thing as well. It's a very specific charge outlining specific behavior from one person and the dolphins response to that because, and we, we can get into how these things happen um, because we've been in rooms as to how they happen. But the dolphins addressed this very specific claim very directly by saying, and I quote the implication, it was not an implication. It was a direct charge that we acted in a manner inconsistent with the integrity of the game. He said you actually were incentivizing tanking games. It wasn't like a manner inconsistent with the integrity of the game (laughs) is incorrect. So the implication that we acted in a manner inconsistent with the integrity of the game is incorrect. Now, we all know how these sorts of sentences get into statements. (laughs) But once you've gotten to this point, you got to throw it out. Like, you cannot have that be your response to, hey, so did Stephen Ross offer Brian Flores $100,000 per loss? What I can tell you is.
1: <laughs> this is inconsistent.
2: That the implication from anyone, whoever would imply such things, that we would ever act in any sort of manner inconsistent with the integrity of the game. That, that would be incorrect.
1: I, I can tell you that. And I think what's funny, too, is the response from the NFL on this whole thing was equally inane, right? So the NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations, period. Diversity is core to everything we do, and there are a few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership spend more time. We will defend against these claims which are without merit, which came like hours after this 52-or-whatever-page lawsuit. I feel like they just pulled it out of their file, lawsuit response file. It's a thick file.
2: That's a great one because the last (laughs) line totally invalidates everything you said before that. If you had – if you were truly committed to these things – we're going to look
1: into this. We're going to look
2: into it. Yeah. like you don't, you don't have to say Brian Flores is probably right. You don't have to say anything more than, this is serious. We're going to look into it. But to say these allegations are without merit, uh, without merit. Uh, He's got like, he's got receipts. He's got text messages. He's got specific claims. You were able to investigate all of that within two hours and determine yeah. it's without merit. You don't have to say that. Like No, you don't. It, I, I, it didn't it do anything better, for the yeah. story.
1: It's like they pulled it out of the lawsuit file and said, this is the line that they. this is the approved line from our attorneys. Anytime we have a lawsuit, please add this.
2: Even if even if you were inclined to not believe Brian Flores version of events or not believe that there's systematic discrimination in NFL head coach hiring. Even if you were skeptical about all of that, you're not going to say today like. Well, the NFL said it's without merit. That's the ground you're going to stand on in your argument. I don't know if you saw the NFL statement, but they said it's without merit. <laughs> it's without like, merit. You gain nothing here. There's no yeah. percentage to it.
1: It's like, it, so we will defend against these claims. In other words, we will defend to defend the shield. No matter what lawsuit is filed, we will defend the shield.
0: Tim, you said you've been in the room when these types of things happen, or these conversations happen. How do these things happen?
1: Well, we write this beautifully crafted series of sentences that are beautiful and heartfelt, and then they go to And in to this committee. instance,
2: it would probably say, at no time did Stephen Ross make an offer of any sort of financial incentive to any coaches to lose games. That's fundamentally antithetical to who we are and what we do.
1: Yes, and so the owner looks at it, the NFL looks at it, the group of the cadre of lawyers then goes in and group edits. Probably, honestly. and they go. I don't know that
2: we want to say it that.
1: That's so, that's a little emphatic because you know.
2: A couple of concerns that we have from a legal perspective are that if we're addressing specifically one of these claims that we're then leaving ourselves open on other claims. We don't know for sure what is out there or what they have. Of course, Stephen never offered $100,000 per loss. However, we don't know what Coach Flores has in terms of conversations that might look a little different. Or be construed in a certain light if you're inclined a certain way.
0: So that I want to talk about that, Kim. I want to. So one of the things I'm not going to try to shoehorn this all together, but one of the things that we say pretty consistently is, you need to check on your story. Like you need to check on what's happening before you go out there with a story. Because we always say. You need to tell the story. The organization needs to tell their own story, or somebody else will tell it for you. But before that needs to be, you need to make sure that what you're saying, that the story you're telling, is consistent with what you're doing. And Tim, what you just described is the we're pretty sure that mostly the story that we're about to den- that we're about to tell didn't happen.
1: But
0: so talk about that, Kim.
1: Well, well, I think, and we and we talked touched on this a little bit is that. What, what didn't have to happen, I mean, the first part of the statement was probably okay that the NFL put out. So we're deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices. That's so far. Diversity is the core of everything we do. That's okay. And then to say we will defend against these claims which are without merit, that's the throwaway sentence. That's the sentence that can't possibly be true because they wouldn't even have had time to look at what the allegations are. So you don't need that piece. And it right. doesn't so, do
2: anything. It doesn't right. add so anything for you. When
1: you have to come out immediately in these situations, which the NFL needed to, when you have to come out immediately with something, just be careful that you're not that that, that you can give yourself some time. In this case, they could have said, "We are we strongly believe in our program and in our di- diversity practices. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna look into this, and we have not had time to review the lawsuit in detail, which we will do." And so, rather than saying. You know, two hours later, that the fifty-six or fifty-eight or whatever page lawsuit is completely without merit. Because I, here's an excerpt from said lawsuit: In certain critical ways, the NFL is racially segregated and is managed much like a plantation. Its thirty-two owners, none of which are none of whom are black, profit substantially from the labor of NFL players, seventy percent of whom are black. That is emotional, it, it puts a picture in your head of a really bad situation. And we always say this, when you cannot respond to emotion with pablum, we can't respond to that with, with this like stuff that they pulled out of a file from like two lawsuits ago.
2: Especially when that response, so the response here basically underscores the feeling Of Brian Flores' complaint. Besides the substance of it, it underlines exactly what he's describing in that quote that you just said. Because this is someone who played in this league, was an assistant coach for the greatest coach of all time, has been a head coach for the last three years. This is someone who has been at every level a part of your institution. And to say two hours after he filed a lawsuit, this isn't like he was spouting off on Monday night football. Like you are going to have to investigate these claims because there's a legal proceeding. So just say that you're going to investigate it, but to blow it off and say it's without merit underlines exactly the sort of mentality that he's trying to pull back the veil
1: on. And every, and everyone knows that anybody that's following the NFL at all knows that, that Brian Flores is still a viable candidate for other jobs By filing this lawsuit, he could be blowing up his career.
2: If you think about credible messengers here, the fact that Brian Flores, who, as you may remember, was my classmate at Boston College, he's the same (laughs) age as I am, 40 years old, which feels old to me, but is very young for professional football coaches. He's 30 years younger than Bill Belichick and just came off of a, a head coaching tenure that even if it ended poorly would put him in line for other jobs. He would be a defensive coordinator somewhere next year automatically. He would be in the head coach conversation immediately thereafter. He is actually putting his career on the line and saying, this is not okay. And if I have to fall on this to open the door for other people, then I'm doing it because I I think that's something that people are going to pretend is not the way it is. He had decades of NFL coaching in front of him Yeah. to stand in front of this train and then have the NFL respond two hours later that it's without merit. I, I don't know, man, you're, you're losing this one so far.
1: Yeah. And we'll, and it'll be interesting to see, obviously this is characterized as a class action lawsuit. And I'm assuming that there are going to be other coaches that join the lawsuit if they are willing to put their also their careers on the line this is this is precedent setting obviously and to know that there's only in the entire nfl right now one black head coach
2: and he's had to be exceptional he's uh, he's had i think uh, if i'm not mistaken mike tomlin has never had a losing season
1: never is that right yeah and that was and the only reason you know that is, it is because it was described as part of Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. Yeah, no. But And he's on the hot seat every year. And so this idea that you have a, an industry that has 70% black players and lots of African-American coaches at the lower levels and have one head coach that's the same color you are. Like, come on, people. Even if you're slightly, you have your head in the sand, it's pretty obvious.
2: And then you see how the re- the response is just cu- cut and paste nonsense. It's like,
1: it's like how we've, you know, we said last week in our last podcast, how the industry responded to a an impassioned video from nurses. Yep. It was full of pablum, that wonderful word. And um, this video is without merit.
2: It just <laughs> underscores how often powerless these organizations are against individuals with yes. a compelling story. The Dolphins executive leadership, I'm sure sat in a room or sat in a Zoom all afternoon tearing over this, trying to be like, okay, so we gotta say that we don't discriminate and we also have to probably address that whole 100K thing, but how do we do this? And you know, like tossed it around, they probably had <laughs> 20 people involved in touching us. And what they came out with was nonsense because it's always going to be nonsense when it's like a committee covering their ass response (laughs) to someone who is calling something directly as it is.
0: I'm going to throw a curveball in here. I I don't know if it's going to make the cut, but there's another story. It's sort of in the same vein. It uh, it involves British soccer. Here we go, Tim. Uh, So a few days ago, a player from Manchester United, arguably the largest soccer brand on the planet was uh this player was arrested for charges of suspicion of rape and domestic violence and a whole bunch of associated other things after his girlfriend posted and then deleted just horrific videos or photos of, of her face and and even more than that there's there's apparently audio as well that's been turned over to the police it's just it's awful so it, it's Mason Greenwood. Uh, he's 20 years old. Greenwood has famously risen through the ranks of the club. And he's brought in for questioning and then subsequently arrested. And then additional charges were filed. And then uh, most recently, he was released on bail. And so Manchester United, their first response, it's like very dry. Like we're, we're aware of the situation. We have no comments. Uh, we're cooperating with local Manchester police. So he's not going to be involved with the team until further notice. But, but then the closing line, which was, Manchester United does not condone violence in any form. And then a day later, they, they came out with a follow-up statement where they said, in the strongest terms, we condemn violence of any kind. It's not the same as the Dolphins, but it runs on a parallel track, right? An entire press office at one of the largest sporting organizations on the planet, on their first attempt at this, the best they can do, with pretty strong evidence that this has happened, that one of their bright shining stars has beaten his girlfriend, is we do not condone violence. And then they had to go back and rewrite and say we condemn violence
1: well it's a little better than that's a little better than this lawsuit is without merit <laughs> it's slightly better yeah, yeah. A, no, a, like, we don't condone. what do right you want from
2: us we said we don't condone violence come on shift
0: <laughs> okay i stand corrected it's a little better <laughs> but i
1: agree is it's okay to say we are horrified by what we saw Right, whether you want to call out your player or not, but no one should have to endure something like that, and we are horrified by that. And we don't, right? We don't, yeah, right. We condemn violence in all its forms. You don't have to call out your player because
0: right? there is because still a legal proceeding, and I'm not making any excuse. There are legal practicalities that I, I, I recognize,
2: for sure. Um, yeah, and, and on the NFL thing, no, nobody's saying the NFL can't defend itself in a court of law. What we're saying is you can't say that a lawsuit that at a a very broad level speaks to something that has been right in front of all of our faces for 20 years is without merit two hours after it's filed. Mm -hmm. You can't do that.
1: They could have said we condemn racism in all its forms, something like that or right. And without saying we believe we are racist. And that's the point.
2: The point of it is if the first part of the NFL's statement or the first part of Manchester United statement is true. If the stuff that you say matters actually matters, mm-hmm. then you land in a different place. Then yes. you land in on the NFL side, you land at these are serious allegations that will be taken seriously. And we're going to investigate fully. Like I said, you have to investigate them. <laughs> so there's no loss in saying that it's I, I, the NFL's response is mind boggling to me. Thing totally blew up Tom Brady's day, so he had tried to do all the stuff that you were talking about, Kim. Well, shoot, and then he it was like, five days the like, "Out, out of hear Tom Brady." Had Nobody five cares days about days
1: of glory. <laughs> and so, in the middle of the playoffs, which were well, you know, I
2: mean, you saw the initial report. The sources close to Tom made it clear that he did not want to overshadow the the conference championship games of the Super there Bowl. It is. That's why he was so angry that this news leaked out and there's no way that he could have been in control of that story coming out last week and then being a like saturday
1: midday ish it comes out and then everybody starts tweeting him of course now he could have responded immediately i have not made my decision
2: that's what he well he did Suppose i mean sources close to tom say that he then reached out to the bucks and said i have not made my decision yet
1: and so we're talking about it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then finally on Tuesday, he says, "Cause then on Monday he said, you know, I haven't really decided yet. So y'all back off." And then on Tuesday, suddenly he decides. So we get to hear about it. And and so Saturday was all the accolades. You know that I, I do watch a lot of ESPN. So all his stats and wonderful thing he's done like, all day long. Breaking news: Tom Brady retiring. And then it, it was the same thing on Tuesday. Tom Brady retiring and the whole thing again. I mean, man, way to stretch it out, man. That was brilliant.
0: He played Brilliant. It without, a, without a formal press conference.
1: Yeah, it was just, I thought it was nicely done. And then, But then he finally
2: announced it and it's on like, it's screenshots on Instagram and Twitter. Like, you know that the dummy is going to turn them into NFTs or something, but like- Oh, for each, sure. Each of those screenshots is going to be sold to- Martin Shkreli or something.
1: <laughs> I think the only place where he messed up a little bit was not, and maybe he did this on purpose. I think he's a pretty smart guy is to, he didn't thank the Patriots organization or the family. Oh, it was all that about was bugs.
2: very intentional. That you was so? like, he's the king uh, of petty. Like he's yeah, he is the, king the of pettiest person in the world. That was absolutely intentional. You don't get to be Tom Brady without having that level of petty. Mm. <laughs>